0: Welcome to The Last American Vagabond. Joining me today is Jeff Berwick, the dollar vigilante and founder of Anarcho Poco, here to discuss primarily, well, two primary things, and in, interestingly enough, what happened in Anarcho Poco that I haven't had a chance to cover, which I'm very interested in. There's a whole big story behind what people think might have happened there, and as you know, we're very interested, especially when it comes to discussions of, you know, freedom-minded conversations or an- anarchist-minded in, uh, gatherings and what happens there, but we also want to talk about Israel-Palestine. And and specifically October seventh, the conversations of possible false flags or just involvement and, and where we see that going. Cause I think a lot of new information has recently come out. And as you know, James Corbett and I had a conversation about this very early. And it'd be it's a lot has happened. And I wanted to invite Jeff on to give us his perspective on how he sees this all playing out. So, Jeff, how are you? Thank you for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, this will be the first time we've actually connected. So it's nice to connect and you know, hopefully crossover audiences and so on. So for those that I'm sure my audience is very familiar with your work, but for those that don't know, you know, who are you and and what have you done in the past? And let's jump into Anarcho Poco to start. Uh,
1: Who am I? Uh, Better questions, right? (laughs) Probably what am I? I, Yeah. I kind of believe this is all just a giant video game, but um, yeah, I've been, I've been quite involved in the uh, sort of a narco capitalist type movement, you could say, uh, for About 15 years now. Uh, So I started uh, Anarchast in 2010. I stopped doing it a few years ago, uh, but it was one of the top, if not the top, uh, anarcho. capitalist podcast did it for 500 episodes i uh, started the dollar vigilante in 2010 which is uh, basically the first uh, outwardly anarcho-capitalist financial newsletter we've been covering things like cryptocurrencies and stuff like that mm-hmm. bitcoin since three dollars in 2011 mm-hmm. and uh, founded anarchopoco in 2015 uh, and we're going on our 10th year coming up in february which we're Uh, going to do, even though we were just hit with a massive Category 5 weather weapon uh, (laughs) out of the blue uh, just uh, about a month ago.
0: Very interesting. So that's uh, interesting. That's just what you think. I'm very interested specifically with the concept of weather manipulation and that topic. So we'll definitely get into that. Before we start, though, it's funny. I've always been like almost aggressively resistant to labeling myself in any way within like the political sphere, which I'm sure you're probably aligned with in in the mindset there. But what's interesting to me is I think people have always kind of tried to peg me or leave. I think I've been forced to been sort of like an anarcho libertarian kind of mindset, but I'm not even sure that's accurate with where my opinions have gotten to. So just out of curiosity, for those that may not know, what would you describe anarcho capitalism as, you know, in a brief understanding for someone who doesn't know the different terms? Sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, so two words that are completely misunderstood, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, anarchy, which is just a Greek word, which means "an" without "archy," ruler. So basically, if you say you believe in anarchy, what you uh, should believe in is that no one should be a slave to anyone else. Uh, so it actually should be quite a bit more popular. But of course, <laughs> uh, the world's full of statists who believe in uh, governments which uh, use violence and, and, and theft to rule over people in various ways. Uh, And then there's the word capitalism, which uh, has been totally destroyed, of course, as well. They've tried to destroy both words. They always use anarchy whenever there's a riot. Uh, They say it's complete anarchy out here uh, when it's uh, all caused usually by the state and all uh, the state's regulations. And then the state's law enforcement comes in and it's it's chaos, but it's not anarchy. And then capitalism uh, is uh, essentially just means free markets. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's been uh, very destroyed on purpose because uh, the people basically who, try to control the world are very against anarchy because then they wouldn't control the world. And they're quite against uh, capitalism because that makes people prosperous. Uh, Hmm. So they actually want people to be more like a communist and under their control. And then they have all the the wealth. Uh, But essentially to me, capitalism just means free market. So all I believe in is uh, people shouldn't be slaves and, that the markets uh, are best when they're free and not uh, being uh, manipulated or uh, using violence against people. So both of those terms, you would think your average person would say, that sounds pretty good. And it is pretty good, Uh, but uh, it's been quite hidden from most people. Uh, And so for you to say that uh, you don't uh, like to put labels on yourself, but you, you find yourself kind of in these spheres, I would say if you're in these spheres, then you're just basically a morally decent person. Uh, and okay. anyone who isn't in these sort of uh, spheres uh, is basically not. <laughs> it's, it's basically <laughs> not simple. Of course, anarchy has been uh, – so many people have tried to use that word as well, and a lot of people co- connotate that with communism. There's mm. a lot of so-called anarcho-communists, but that actually really almost doesn't even make sense. It's actually kind of like contradictory terms. Of course, if you want to start a just a communist sort of uh, – uh, Place and you, all your friends all agree to it, and you all share everything, and uh, you have no money that you use, and uh, things like that. That's that's fine, but that's not what most anarcho-communists are. Uh, mm. But anyway, yeah, that's uh, the the meanings of the words. And I, more and more, I'm like you. I just don't even like using any of these words mm. anymore. And the best word that we found that I, I I don't mind using now is voluntarist because mm. anarchist kind of has some sort of political connotations to it uh capitalist uh, kind of has some what well, has a whole bunch of connotations to it uh but voluntarist uh, really uh describes what i what i am and that's, uh, i believe all interaction between humans should just be voluntary it shouldn't be mm. using violence or aggression or coercion which is what is mostly used in the world today by governments
0: right which is government as far as i'm concerned right I, it's, it's funny that we could probably have an entire maybe we should entire show about the, the misunderstanding of terms and how that's applied against us it's very it's interesting and, that, and again that's exactly why you you know the it, it, you say these terms and you think something and somebody else hears the same word and thinks something entirely different it's it's fascinating but it's it's alarming the one thing I've always said is you know pretty much what you said there as well that anarchy it's it, the, the reason everybody claims it means chaos is because it's the only ideology that has no place for rulers. And I think that's exactly why or rather everyone be in the government. So I completely agree with you. Thank you for explaining that. Cause it's, I think people always get confused on these things for exactly why you said that. But so let, let's start with Anarcho Poco, you know, interestingly, exactly the same, why that word is used. And, and the, it's a, a, a gathering of different minds. There's not everybody there as an anarchist, but people that seek freedom and understand really voluntarism like you're talking about. So, If you want to go ahead and explain like what it's about, that's up to you. I think my audience is very aware of what Anacopoco is. Uh, But then what happened there? And why are you why are you feel strongly that this was deliberate, first of all, but then secondarily, a weather manipulation, uh, a weather weapon, essentially?
1: Yeah, so AnarchoPoco just started up. I, back when I started Anarchast, there really wasn't that many people talking about things like anarcho-capitalism or voluntarism. There was definitely a few. There was people like Larkin Rose, and I think James Corbu was around back then, and Adam Kokesh was around back then, and, and there was others, uh, but not very many. And there definitely was no sort of a place to kind of highlight uh, these sort of people's beliefs. So I started Anarchas with that and someone just came up uh, a few years later. I was actually complaining about freedom conferences in the U.S. because I'd been going to conferences like Freedom Fest and uh, I'd always complain about how unfree it is in the U.S. and how everything, it's like, why are they having a freedom conference in one of the least free countries in the world? And uh, someone said, why don't you have a conference in Mexico? And I was living in Acapulco. My wife's from Acapulco. I've been basically living there for about 15 years now. And uh, someone said, we need a a name. And we actually gave away half a Bitcoin at the time. It was worth about uh, $300 at the time. (laughs) And uh, someone, uh, Bruce from uh, We Are Change Colorado, came up with the name in Acapulco. And I thought, that's a pretty cool name. So we started it up. And uh, really the first few years, it was mostly... uh, Mostly quite a few angry people, Uh, not Mm -hmm. necessarily like James Corbett was there. He's not an angry person. Mm -hmm. I'm not an outwardly angry person, but it was kind of like a a bit more of a vibe of just anti-government type stuff. And we had Mm -hmm. all the speakers talking about why government and all the evidence of why government is, is a negative in people's lives. And a lot of drinking going on and stuff like that. But over the years, uh, a lot of us all started to change. And we actually, many of us, uh, definitely including myself, started to realize that uh, government isn't the biggest problem in the world. In fact, the biggest problem for most people is themselves and their own mind. Uh, And I kind of of came to the conclusion that we need to all really work on ourselves and get the programming out of our own minds, which actually... Mm -hmm almost everyone has uh, various levels of programming uh, from, from various things, not just the television programming, but the government indoctrination camps and even from their parents and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, And so it's kind of evolved into more of a, a, uh, an event where people come and they they talk about freedom and they enjoy stuff like that, but they also do a lot of work on themselves there. So we have ayahuasca ceremonies and DMT ceremonies and meditation and yoga and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's evolved over the years. And uh, we actually... Uh, named the February it's coming up in February we named the event Reborn uh, kind of for that reason because we're kind of reborn uh we started out as more kind of angry anti-government people and we've a lot of us have evolved to become more working on ourselves uh to change the world which is that old uh, saying from I think Gandhi uh mm-hmm. be the change you want to see in the world and um So uh, we need to reborn before we were hit by this weather weapon. Uh, So it's actually got a double meaning now. It's reborn again. uh, And I should get into that. Um, So it was about a month ago, almost exactly October 25th. If if
0: you don't, if you, I should a quick question actually about, so do you think that first of all, just as a funny note, when somebody recommended it goes to Mexico, do you think they were doing that to almost like a joke? And then you almost proved it right by doing so. Like, I wonder if they're kind of like, oh, go to if you don't like freedom, go to Mexico, like those kind of comments. Or do they really suggest it like that?
1: It, it kind of evolved like that because I was going to these conferences in the US and I always complained. I was just constantly complaining. Like there was a libertopia in San Diego. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And every That's night back then I used to drink and party and stuff. And every night I'd actually go to Tijuana because all the bars in San Diego would close at one o'clock. So I'd be mm-hmm. complaining and people are like, why don't you just do it in Mexico? And why don't you just do it where you live in Acapulco? And I was like, Uh, let's give it a shot. I'm an entrepreneur. So I started up a webpage. I asked people like James Corbett and Luke Radowski and Dan Dix and so many people and Ernie Hancock and uh, so many people. And they all were excited about it. And uh, about 125 people showed up and uh, I wasn't even going to do it the next year, but uh, we just kept going and we've kept going ever since.
0: Nice. I I love the idea. And I would even say, I think it's, you know, at the time when you first started, I I get, I mean, I have a pretty, very clearly anti-government mindset. And I think I understand why people at that time, when they didn't have this outlet, are far more angry about it. Like, I think what you've done is really given people a place to see that this is possible. So probably given them more room to deal with themselves, you know, so it's a very positive thing in general.
1: I think what happened, too, is that, uh, you know, for years, we're all just showing all the evidence and all mm. the information, like even just like stats on how things are better when the government's not involved in, in yeah. basically everything. Uh, and we kind of just reached a point where we kind of we, we said it all. And and now what are we actually going to do about it? And that's mm. when things really started to change.
0: Nice. Outstanding. Well, I love that, man. I'm, I definitely have to make it one of these years. I've, I've tried to go last couple of you know, times. Um, but yeah, so let's bring this into the the conversation of what happened because my, my audience is, we've talked about this for a really long time. I think I really, really started paying attention post, I think it was Hurricane Harvey and the conversation around Texas. I mean, in my opinion, that was a verifiable, whether or not it was something that started in an organic way, it was verifiably manipulated. And I think that's easy to prove. So I, we're very aware of that reality. So what what makes you think, well, go ahead and start where you'd like, but I'm interested in what makes you think that definitely that's what happened.
1: Yeah, I, I'd throw in the uh, New Orleans hurricane as well, where the, I think the, it's a lot of evidence that the military actually broke the uh, dams in New Orleans to flood it all. And then they put them all into the Superdome for like a hellscape nightmare with FEMA. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, Hurricane Harvey, which I think was in Houston, if I'm correct, um, yeah. Danny Sussman, who's actually helped tremendously in the recovery from the hurricane in Acapulco, he was there as well. Yeah. And FEMA was basically doing everything they could to stop people from helping other people. Uh, stopping all, right. all supplies coming in and uh that that's usually the case and Damn. you know i've been talking about actually james corbett turned me on to things like chemtrails a few years ago i was mm-hmm. I, i've been into uh, like looking into everything for a long time and one of the last things that uh, i was uh, it took me to get convinced was chemtrails mm-hmm. uh it was about five years ago i remember and Um, I saw people like James Corbett talking about with all the proof and the evidence and stuff like that. And I just couldn't get my head around how they're flying airplanes almost all over the world, but definitely over the US, definitely over the Western countries, 24 hours a day, seven days a week spraying uh, stuff. And no one really seems to notice or care, but it's become incredibly obvious now. And there's enough evidence now that of course, it, it's there, there's there's no way to actually um, deny it at this point. But yeah. that was one of the last sort of uh, weather-type things that I caught on to a few years ago. And now we're starting to see things like in Lahaina, uh, mm. where that's a, the, it's, it's plain as day that that was directed energy weapons. Uh, there's actually a directed energy weapon base in Maui. Uh, Mm -hmm. the FEMA came there a couple of days before and had an event to get ready for it. Joe Biden even Mm -hmm. said that, um, you know, we had our FEMA people on the ground before the fires even started. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, they were all there planning for it. Just like with Mm -hmm. 9-11 they, you know, all these things all tie into each other, but uh, it's become very, very clear that uh, weather weapons are a thing. And of course there's things like harp and all those sort of things. And, Uh, You know, the governments have talked for for actually almost a century about how they can control the weather. It's very interesting that whenever there's a forest fire, they never make it rain to to put it out but right. in places like canada this year they're actually burning out most of canada to try to get people out of uh the uh, countries to get them into the smart cities is basically what they're trying to do but uh, it's become very obvious now that uh, they do these sort of things especially with lahana that was like completely obvious <laughs> nothing uh, blue color burnt in the middle of all this stuff and there's so much evidence of that i just saw you had on uh but the 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 woman from uh, Unjected, on yeah, talked about be. that the other day. Uh, yeah. So I don't need to go into that. But um, I was pretty surprised on October 25th when they hit my, whole, my town uh, with one of the craziest weather weapons in history, in my opinion. Uh, and to give a little bit of background, so it was October 25th. It was uh, in the evening. It was around 6 in the evening. And somehow on Twitter, I luckily saw someone said something about there's a hurricane headed towards Acapulco. And Mm -hmm. I was quite surprised because I kind of pay attention to hurricanes and stuff like that just because I have a lot of stuff there and a lot of people I know are there. And uh, I just kind of keep my eye on it. And I hadn't noticed anything in the area for the last few days. So I I went and I looked and it was already a category one or two at that point at six o'clock. Uh, and then it went very quickly within about three hours category three, category five, or four, and then category five. So I started like really looking into it. I went on to all these storm tracker type uh, places, and they were all going crazy. They were like, how did our models miss a category right. five? Because as you probably know, with most category fives, it builds up for days. Uh, usually, like in Florida, they know very well. Usually you have at least a day or two, if not three or four. Uh, you know it's coming. You know the general area it might come to. Uh, people all board up, and they all uh, leave the area because a Category 5 will wipe everything out, as we found out. Right. And um, they were all going crazy. And in fact, it, since then, a University of Miami uh, meteorologist-type person uh, has come out and said that it, it seems like there was some sort of mystery ingredient in this particular hurricane. Interesting. Uh, they, they, but it, it went from Category 1 to Category 5 in about three hours that I saw. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's about Category 4. It is about 8 o'clock at night because I don't worry about Category 1 or 2. Uh, Acapulco's seen numerous of those. It usually just rains a lot, and that's about it, and it's a little mm-hmm. windy uh but uh when it hit category 3 i started to get concerned then it hit category 4 and i got 4 i was like whoa this is getting crazy and then all the meteorologist guys online but no media by the way there was no no one mentioned it it was not on any mexican media television no government alerts nothing uh but when it hit category 4 i really started to pay attention and then they said it it looks like it's just taken a turn and it's headed directly for Acapulco. And, <laughs> and so right then I was like telling everyone I knew and they were saying, it looks like it's going to be a category five soon. It's, I, we've never seen anything like this. And so I started messaging all of our groups, a lot of them on telegram and stuff like that. And our Acapulco groups, dollar vigilante mm-hmm. groups, uh, my family, uh, my wife's family. And I was telling everyone I could. And, uh, I said, according to these storm tracker guys, because no one else was talking about it. The uh, the normal hurricane type people, uh, the oh. Weather Channel, or any of these places, they didn't even mention it. Uh, it, it popped up. It, it was out of the blue. It was nothing, and then it was a Category Five within a couple of hours, which is. The, there's never been anything even close to anything like that, and of course, you know your your average TV watcher NPC will say, "Well, that's climate change. We got to stop driving cars and and, uh, and eat bugs." And it's like, no, they actually do these things on purpose. But anyway, they said uh, some of these storm tractor guys were like, "Wow, it's headed straight. I've never seen. It's like jet on towards Acapulco right now. Like it's almost like it's being guided." And then they said, uh, it sh- it, at this rate, it will hit Acapulco by about five or six in the morning. So I <laughs> told everyone that I said, get out. If this hits Acapulco and it's category five, uh, it's going to be unbelievable. Uh, mm-hmm. and only ab- about 50 plus people, uh, heard what I had to say. Almost mm-hmm. everyone said, don't worry, Jeff, we've been through hurricanes before. And I was like, not a cat five. Uh, right. the biggest that ever hit Acapulco was a cat four in the 1990s. Um, so uh, no one, hardly anyone believed me, which is kind of the story of my life. I've been warning about so many things <laughs> that no one ever believes me. And uh, except for one person, one, uh, my next door neighbor, who's a good friend, uh, his wife overheard me talking to her husband and he was like, don't uh, hurricane. I love hurricanes. I'm like, you're not going to love this one. <laughs> and uh, she overheard and they've got two small children and they, th- I gave them my car actually, because they're like, well, we, we don't have a car. I'm like, Take my car and get out of Akavoko. and they did, and their house was yeah. actually demolished. There was hardly Oof. anything left they, they quite possibly uh, would have died, and if not mm. died, they would have uh, uh been just traumatized, especially their their two and four year old but uh yeah, so it sped up uh out of the blue and even went faster than what the storm tracker guys uh, on the internet Oof. were saying uh at speeds that uh, don't even seem to make any sense. Right. And then it hit Acapulco. Uh, I didn't know this until two days later, because as soon as it had hit, uh, there was no communication. There's no power. There's no internet. There's no- nothing in Acapulco for actually weeks. Uh, but we sent people in. I'm outside of Acapulco here. or about about uh, 10 hours away, and as soon as soon as it was morning, we sent people in to find out what was going on. And we still didn't even find out till the next day because they had to drive out to get internet to tell us what was going on. Uh, but it uh, it hit, uh, and th- there was very very little rain, if any rain at all. Uh, it, so mm-hmm. it was a it was a Cat Five hurricane that popped up out of nowhere. Didn't have much rain. Uh, If you do look at some videos of webcams, you'll see some uh, what looks like rain. But I think a lot of that is the storm surge because uh, they're all uh, webcams on the beach. Uh, there might have been a little bit of rain. I heard it was drizzling beforehand. I do know that a few hours after it, there was it was it was totally dry. The next day was completely sunny, which we've never seen with a hurricane before in that area. Usually after a hurricane hits, uh, for days afterwards, there's so much rain that it's yeah. usually the flooding that causes so much problems. But this one didn't have anything. And, and for example, my house, I had a number of the windows all smashed out, as did Every house in Acapulco, and a lot of the furniture, if it stayed in the house, if it didn't get blown outside the house and, and fall five stories down below, uh, it's uh, it was all totally fine because it wasn't wet whatsoever. So, you had this great. hurricane came out of nowhere, turned into a cat five, headed directly to Acapulco, no rain seemed to be involved with the hurricane or very little, uh, and then it seemed to stay there for like two hours. Uh, Almost like a giant tornado. Actually, it Mm. looks way more like a tornado. A giant tornado hit all of Acapulco than a hurricane. And it stayed for two hours, a 200-mile-per-hour-plus winds. uh, And then it it moved off and it disappeared completely. If you actually look, I I drove in uh, soon, about a week after, maybe a week and a half after when we could get into Acapulco. Uh, and it, everything looks completely normal until you get into what is designated on the map as the area of Acapulco. As soon as you get into that area, everything's destroyed hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and it completely disappeared afterwards. So I've talked quite a bit, but as you can see, I, like I am about as convinced as can be that this was a weather weapon and I can get into the reasons why I think they did it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Before that, though, I mean, that's just so interesting The, the no rain is... <clears throat> Definitely an anomaly that doesn 't make much sense to me, but I think what the thing that I always focused on like with Harvey was the timing so general accepted uh, understanding of this of a hurricane specifically is that they you know they pull their energy for the most part from the water once they go over land they dissipate right and Harvey was very different it, it provably actually picked up intensity after going on land, so the two hour time frame where it continued is you know that 's what 's interesting to me and i 'd like i 'm not a weather person, so anybody in the listening weather person let us know like that seems like it took longer than it should like normally it begins to dissipate right after it goes over land that's very interesting but i think first of all i'm really think it's a big red flag about no so no so you got no warnings there was no warnings no media coverage nothing that's, that's wild to me. Like, cause that's I, what, what makes you laugh about that in a macabre way is that, you know, you get a hard rain anywhere in the United States and it's like wall to wall coverage of weather and, you know, warnings about where it's going to happen. And all of a sudden, you know, it, it, I get this is in Acapulco, but nonetheless, it's interesting to me that they never said anything. So that's just, I just want to point that out. Um, and yeah. so good, ahead, good. Ahead.
1: <clears throat> no, I was just going to say, like there was no coverage at all anywhere. uh, um, <laughs> In fact, most people in Acapulco that night went to sleep, had no idea there was anything coming, uh, and then it it hit about midnight. Um, So six hours earlier than even the storm tracker guys who had just picked up on it thought it was going to hit. Uh, So you can imagine everyone in a city going to sleep, and at midnight, all of a sudden, there's 200-mile-per-hour winds just busting out every window uh, in the entire city uh, so yeah. The, and in fact, uh, numerous of my people were trying to post on things like Instagram about like mm-hmm. what was going on in Acapulco and no one could ever see their posts. So this was the most not talked about category five hurricane in modern history. Nice. Uh, most people to this day still don't even know what happened. Uh, and I think part nice. of it is that, uh, no one covered it. There was no media coverage anywhere, including in Mexico <laughs> for like days afterwards. Uh, and Uh, Of course, everything going on in Gaza, which we'll also get to talk about, but Mm. I think so many people were focused on that, that no one even knew. So I I was actually posting about the hurricane uh, for like a week or two after the hurricane. And a lot of the comments on things like Twitter uh, was, I didn't even know there was a hurricane there. It was a category five. A category five, as far as I know, has never hit a major city ever. Uh, And so it's a Category 5 popped up out of nowhere, destroyed pretty much a major city, and no one even heard about it. And you have to wonder about that, too, because it fits perfectly into the climate change BS, that, oh, the storms are getting worse and bigger. Uh, But uh, not one mention in the media, like there might have been one article or one story on like Fox News, like a week later about did Mm -hmm. you know Acapulco had a problem? It's like, yeah, pretty big problem. But I think uh, the reason that no one, the the media didn't talk about it and they were even blocking stuff on social media because all the same people control all that stuff Mm. is because this is a. Uh, an actual event uh, being done to Mexico in particular for a reason. And I've talked a lot in the past about how Mexico has been so great. They didn't do any of the COVID stuff. They didn't have one law. Uh, Most people in the world were traveling here because you could still go to restaurants, bars, Mm -hmm. wherever you wanted. Uh, And uh, the Mexican president and the health minister both said it's a big, uh, big pharma scam, which it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, they didn't uh, go along with the Monsanto GMO stuff. They actually kicked Monsanto out. Uh, the Mexican government also made it illegal to to do chemtrails, which is kind of funny right. when you think about it. It's like illegal, like who's doing the chemtrails that you have to make it illegal so they stop. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, they also have them go- going on with uh, they didn't support the sanctioning Russia. Uh, they've actually spoken out against it. They've actually said they're going to join BRICS uh, mm. uh, and uh, numerous other things like that. They haven't gone along with the global warming, sort of CO2, c- carbon stuff. They haven't done anything. So I think this is an attack by the globalists. And it very clearly is when you, when you realize that uh, in the month of October, and no one knows this, I, absolutely no one knows this, in the month of October, Uh, Two Category 4s and a Category 5 hit the West Coast of Mexico. (laughs) No one knows this. A Category 4 hit Cabo, although it did get uh, weaker as it hit Cabo. It ended up less than a Category 4, but it was a Category 4 and hit dead on Cabo. Then there was a Category 4 that hit dead on Puerto Vallarta. The three major centers on the west coast of Mexico for for tourism, trade, everything, Cabo San Lucas, Puerto Vallarta, and Acapulco. And three hurricanes hit them all dead on in October at Category 4 or Category 5 speed. So this is a message to the, the Mexican government from the globalists that if you don't go along with uh, what we want you to do, uh, we're going to do this new type of warfare to you.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely, you know, for those out there, I mean, we should be objective, most definitely, and make sure we question everything. But I definitely, I agree, there's a hell of a lot of anomalies in this that seem to suggest. And the one thing that stands out to me more than anything is how it, it, this is almost like the perfect example of what the media would jump on in any other circumstance where they would say, you know, here are a bunch of people. I would argue they would frame as de- climate deniers, all gathered. You know, who get hit by what climate change caused. Like that's just like cherry, just ready to go. And the fact that nobody's talked about that at all. You know, not that that proves that. It's just, but very, very interesting. So all of this, I definitely agree. I think there's something to this. And the sad, the sad part about this is that who in the world? Nobody in in a position of authority that normies, let's put it, would would. uh take it face value is going to investigate something like this. So it's very frustrating that we can never get like the, you know, there, there are people out there that have channels and different work that really do, but the kind of people like that never listen to what they have to say. So it's just, it's, but to be clear, as I've said before, it's not up for debate, as Jeff said as well, these things exist. They have the capacity to do these things and that's not up for debate anymore. So I just want people to understand that. So it's very, it's very interesting. So w- what was the, what was the amount of damage and was there anybody killed anybody you know or anybody at all that was hurt or killed in this during the during the process
1: yeah there's been very little actual real good information uh the mexican government really hardly did anything uh at all <laughs> uh actually we were the only ones at the very beginning who went and actually started a fundraiser almost immediately as soon as i found out and so, and when i found out about it people still didn't even know it had happened Uh, And I did an emergency video, and luck and thankfully, uh, we raised over $400,000 from over 5,000 people. Uh, And we were on the ground basically not the next day because uh, we were just getting information that day, but the second day after the hurricane, we were there giving people supplies because most people had their almost every house in Acapulco got massively damaged. Uh, there's probably not a a not broken window in Acapulco, there's going to be a lot of money to be made for the glass companies there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then whenever the glass got broken out, uh, a lot of people's homes, it just got like, whatever was inside just got sucked out and blown around Mm -hmm. and destroyed. Uh, Then there was no power, there was no uh, internet, there was no water. uh, And so we were coming in there with supplies, uh, just massively soon after. But as far as like, Knowing a uh, number of deaths, for example mm-hmm. uh, the 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 Mexican government has said that it 's about thirty people died it 's definitely more than thirty mm-hmm. uh, but we uh, it 's actually been kind of miraculous that no one I know and no one who we know uh, mm-hmm. was even hurt or killed in this yeah. it 's actually miraculous mm-hmm. uh, when you look and you see the force of some of these things like it was it was unbef- un, never before seen force of wind. Uh, in a, um, a major city. The closest thing you could say is a the worst uh, tornado, but it was a tornado the size of more than Acapulco, because it actually hit even outside of Acapulco a little bit on either side. Um, I've heard some people saying it could be as high as a few thousand. Uh, we actually haven't seen that many bodies, uh, but it has to be more because I know that the, the entire marina, which there was a lot of uh, and uh, the the ships' crews and stuff. Uh, a lot of them probably died. We we heard about a couple bodies in the ocean from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at some of the the high rise um, condos, some of them just completely their windows got busted out, and everything in the in the entire apartment got sucked out. Hmm. Uh, here's another lucky thing, though: the very lowest uh, point of the season in Acapulco is right at that time in October. Uh, I've lived in Acapulco for a long time. I used to live in a high-rise building. I would always laugh that around the end of October, uh, I was almost the only person in the building. It's like this weird time in between summer and Christmas. uh, And it also happened on a weekday too, because usually Acapulco is quite busy on the weekend. But if you're in October in on a weekday in like the tourist sort of areas, there's hardly anyone there. So very lucky in that respect. Mm -hmm. Uh, But if you ask me to like make a a best guess, and we actually tried to get to the uh, the the uh, morgue and try to get photos and stuff, we've been basically we've been the the anarchists are the ones trying to save the city and also trying to find out what happened. So we're the police, (laughs) we're the uh, the uh, the firemen, we're the, uh, the the paramedics, we're the you know, doing everything. It's so typical, but actually yeah. kind of beautiful when you think about it. You know, that's right. what we talk about at an archipelago exactly. is how we can do all <laughs> these things ourselves and we're actually proving it with this. But if, if you uh, ask me to like make my best guess, I'd say it's probably got to be a few hundred people. But hmm. given the size of the storm, uh, it's miraculous, it's less. Uh, I was saying to people that if this hit a U.S. city, for example, uh, right. because a lot of the U.S. houses uh, aren't all concrete. Uh, a lot of them are made out of like, what do they call it? Sheet rock and, and wood and stuff like that. If that if that hit a US city where a lot of the houses were made of that, you would see tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands dead. But uh, I've always kind of laughed in Mexico. They build their houses and, and buildings with crazy amounts of concrete, like literally like two or three feet wall concrete. Uh, my house is the same way. My house has now survived a a seven point something earthquake and a cat five hurricane Uh, because of just the Mexican construction, it's all concrete. Uh, And so most of the buildings actually survived. Uh, None of them have windows, uh, but there was shockingly a low amount, in my opinion, of of deaths and even injuries. We only found a few people who were even injured. And we've been into many, many areas, a lot of the poor areas. uh, It's usually people with cuts from broken glass uh, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, quite miraculously, uh, people survived uh, quite well. uh, the, The most catastrophic that I know of Cat 5 hurricane in history that no one's ever heard about.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm glad that, so, you know, I mean, I 300 too many, but I've been glad that nobody you knew was killed and, and so on. I think that, you know, it's, it's a, a positive ultimately for how bad this was, but I definitely think that the, the, what's going on in Israel and specifically Gaza is one of the largest reasons why I think a lot of people that who would have otherwise, myself included, talked about this was, were distracted, you know, and it's, it's, I've never have the mind to say that that's why, or, you know, but ultimately never let a good crisis go to waste kind of a conversation. But I think it's important that this kind of thing don't, that we don't overlook like in a bigger sense, like whether it's Lahaina or even my mind still East Palestine, like the other topics that are on that we don't lose focus on everything else. And I'm almost speaking to myself when I say that because I've been so laser focused on what's going on in Gaza. But, but that being said, let, let's talk about that topic in general, which I'm sure you, you've been covering as well. And I've seen a lot of a lot of your videos you have recently put out and we can kind of go into other other areas. But I want to start with specifically something that you were talking about in regard to October 7th and where your opinion is around the evidence that's been released about whether or not you know, the level to which the Israeli government might have been involved or was involved with what happened on October 7th and then what's happened after that. Where, where, what's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, well, I'll start by saying for me, October was a hell of a month. <laughs> we had yeah, all kinds yeah. of personal problems. One of our dogs passed away, uh, they were killed by hit, hit by a car. So that was traumatic. Then Gaza happened. Uh, then soon after that, Acapulco was nearly wiped out, which is where mm-hmm. most of our friends and family are. Uh, so, um, yeah, when Gaza happened, um, I've, of course, followed a lot of... Uh, that whole situation there, uh, I specifically listened a lot to Max Egan, uh, who mm-hmm. does, he knows the area so well. He's actually gone into Gaza before through tunnels uh, to get into there because it's so hard to get into. Uh, I've been aware of the situation. I've uh, definitely not been a, uh, 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 I, 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 I've been very anti what Israel's been doing. I call it Israel has been doing in that area uh, for a long time. Uh, but when it happened, It actually didn't take me very long to realize what really happened. And I think it's very clear when you just look at the facts. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it happened on October 7th. Um, They say that uh, some paragliders and some guys in pickup trucks all of a sudden got through the most secure, most watched few-mile stretch of border, which is a giant wall, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, that – that's, that's watched, like, they actually have, like, soldiers there sitting there, like, side by side, and they're told not to even move their eyes. They're supposed to watch. And, and if anything moves and they've got the technology, if there's, like, a, a squirrel or a rat, uh, all of a sudden everyone jumps up and they all get in their tanks and they, they go to, to find out what happened. Uh, on that day, which was actually the, just after the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, uh, all of a sudden they say a few Hamas people, uh, they say a couple hundred uh, I don't believe anything the Israel government says. There's no reason to. It's, they, mm. That's all they do is lie about everything. Uh, and by the way, I, it doesn't mean I'm an anti-Semit or I hate, hate right. Jews, but the Israeli government uh, is uh, one of the most atrocious governments in the history of the world uh, for, for all the things they do, including controlling the U.S. But uh, when you just look at the facts, that uh, the, they, they say they came in on paragliders with some machine guns. Uh, They went to a peace festival, which had been moved just two days prior to right beside the Gaza wall. Uh, And uh, for eight hours, there was no response whatsoever from the Israeli government or the military or the police or anything. And they say they just ran around and killed people for about eight hours. In that time, if you look at the, uh, the when Netanyahu, it's not actually his real name. His real name is Milkowski. He's from Poland. Uh, but Netanyahu put out a, a, a video, a very quite professionally produced video, uh, saying we're at war during this time when they had still not even responded in any way to this invasion by these Hamas terrorists, which, by the way, Hamas was started by the government of Israel. It's been funded by the government of Israel. Uh, Netanyahu's even said just a few years ago that if you want uh, us to be able to uh, do the things we want, we have to keep funding Hamas. Uh, it, it's basically a arm of Mossad, in my opinion. And of course, mm. just like it, Mossad was, uh, I'm sure you know that uh, that uh, they're very involved with 9-11, along with the CIA. Uh, and this is very much the same sort of thing. So the, they did a basically a false flag with their own uh, sort of m- m- the Hamas, which is basically Mossad-controlled, mm. very similar to uh, al-Qaeda, which was CIA mm-hmm. and Mossad, and ISIS, which is 100% Mossad. This is proven now in so many ways. Uh, so it's funny when people say that uh, Hamas is ISIS. It's like, you're kind of right, but that's because Hamas is also Mossad and Mossad is also ISIS. They're, they're, they do all these things. But anyway, the, 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 it's clear to me that this was a false flag attack because they didn't do anything for eight hours. They, Mm -hmm. then they came out with all their war propaganda. It's like nine 11 all over again. All of a sudden they find a passport like blocks away. It's Osama bin Laden. That's who did this. Mm -hmm. It's, it's just, it's so, unbelievable that people still fall for this stuff. Uh, but they, they said that, uh, yeah, it was these Moss guys, and they, they beheaded 40 babies. And of course, that was what the, the media covered all across the world. Uh, by the time anyone even like asked, like where's the babies? It's like, oh, someone heard that someone said. It's like, oh, okay, that's exactly mm-hmm. what they do. But still to this day, Joe Biden just said a couple of days ago, they're beheading babies. Uh, that's why Israel has to go in and, and actually do a, a genocide, live stream genocide in Gaza. So I'm no expert on the whole area. I'm certainly no expert on the Middle East. Uh, but it's, it's as clear as day to me that this is just like 9-11, which was also done by the CIA and Mossad. And to me, the reasons they're doing it, that's a, that's a, a topic of a, a, another thing you can talk about. Uh, one of the objectives, obviously, is to wipe out Gaza. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing it. And uh, because of all the propaganda and, and, and it's even come out now since uh, uh, the event that most of the people killed at that peace festival were all killed by Israeli helicopters and missiles, which you can now see by the cars that look like they're all dude, like they're in Lahaina. Uh, so this is just plain as day, but they've already wiped out most of the area, which is what they want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And. You know, we could get into like theories on why and what's going to before,
0: happen next. Before yeah. that, though, I actually definitely have a question about this. I, I'm I'm with you on like so talking about the false like aspect of it. I, I, I all the everything we're talking about here is is most most of which is actually now coming from people that were there. Haretz reports, Israeli radio, right? So that's all. That's where and my audience is well aware. We've we've been breaking most of this down. So what one thing that I am wondering myself is to what degree do you think this was a false flag? Do you think this was literally everybody that was involved was per just instructions of Israel, which, you know, or or to the other side of it, that they sort of allowed this to happen and Hamas may not even been aware they were being used. That then, you know, brings in the other conversation of whether or not the actions over here were committed by them. But just first, do you think that it was, just in your opinion, obviously, do you think that it was something they were all involved with or, you know, to what level of that false flag do you see it as?
1: I think it's very similar to 9 11 in that so Mm -hmm. many people still to this day say, well, sure, maybe it wasn't Osama bin Laden in a cave in Afghanistan, but uh, it wasn't the CIA Mossad. It was just the US uh, defense and the military and all that. They just, you know, didn't uh, notice all these planes, which in fact, now you look into it, there wasn't even any planes. Like it was totally designed. It's very similar in my opinion. Uh, to that, there's no way this, this, uh, stretch of the most watched area on earth. Right. There was no one there at the time that these guys came over in paragliders, but you can't even find where, how did they get the paragliders, but, um, uh, to, to do nothing in that area. That's, that's so beyond just, they screwed up. Uh, right. it's, right. it's, it's actually just, if you know about how it all works there, it's literally impossible. Um, um, that 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 could be the case. So, in my opinion, now I I can't prove it a hundred percent. Right. Uh, but when opinion. you look at all the evidence, this is completely planned. Now, h- how many people knew about it? Again, that's mm-hmm. the question. Nine right. eleven, uh, like not a lot of people necessarily knew about it. Um, and I think in this case, I think most of the uh, Israeli military didn't know about it. I think mm-hmm. uh, what likely happened is the attack helicopter type people. They they those ones. They either because they have something called the I think it's called the Hannibal Directive,
0: right. yeah.
1: which is uh, if any Israeli anywhere in the world gets kidnapped, they blow everything up. They, they just they kill everybody because they don't want anyone to be a hostage. Uh, which is kind of stupid and ridiculous in my opinion, but it, it is what they, they do. So some people yeah, say, murder. well, <laughs>
0: they,
1: they thought some people were being uh, taken hostage, so they just killed everyone at the peace event, which is crazy, uh, but it is possible. Uh, but I would say there's just no explanation whatsoever for how they allowed these people to come in, and they didn't even notice or do anything for hours. That is, mm-hmm. that is completely impossible. And what they said was there's been some stuff coming out, uh, because Because people are like, how is this even possible? They're like, well, we had some intel that there was going to be a major event on the uh, West Bank side. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we sent everyone from Gaza, everyone who watched the Gaza border, we sent them all away, you know, just like 9-11, right? Like everything, you know, NORAD gets turned off, NORAD's running drills on that day. Uh, It's all set up, in my opinion. Uh, once I think once everyone gets all the information and all the evidence uh, over time, this will just be as plain as day. The same way as nine eleven is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, the, the the fact that most people still to this day still don't know nine eleven was an inside job is how they can con- continue to do these things. That's why over yeah. the years I've been so almost angry with people like you have to at least understand what happened on that day. Uh, And now we have, you know, the millennials putting out all kinds of stuff on TikTok about Osama bin Laden who had nothing to do with nine 11, but you have to realize (laughs) they weren't even born when that happened. A lot of these people. So I think the fact that people still on a wide basis, haven't really realized what happened on nine 11 just enables this kind of stuff to continue on. Uh, yeah. And but I think people are slowly waking up. I think I when you do. look at the is, the polls, if you can trust that, I don't trust anything that you hear about anything from anyone. Yeah. But uh, they some Israeli polls. Right from newspapers. Question
0: everything. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I don't believe anything from anybody. Right. But uh, the, the some Israeli papers have gone So said that Netanyahu has like four percent support for what he's doing. Ninety-six um, yeah. percent of people think he either. Uh, was um, made, a, you know, a huge mistake by not noticing this terror attack in time, or he was actually behind it. So, so, so that's oh. actually massive. And now in yeah. Israel, if you even post anything against, like, the narrative, uh, P- uh, cops show up at your door almost instantly and take you off to, like, a gulag. So right. they're, like, just as much under, like uh, like, just horrible situation for a lot of people in Israel. Uh, that they, If they even speak out about this, they're, they're going to end up the same as the people in Gaza. So the Israeli government, in my, my opinion, is just like one of the most heinous. Uh, th- this genocide that's going on, I almost can't believe it. I, I actually can't look at most of it. It's so absolutely heinous. Uh, yes. and, and they just continue to do it. And more and more every day we find out more evidence that this was all staged and set up. And for what reasons? Uh, the be a number of reasons for it they definitely want to get them out of gaza uh, mm-hmm. that's been one of their main goals for like decades um who knows maybe to put in their their new uh, thing to compete with the uh suez canal through gaza uh mm-hmm. people say it's because there's oil under gaza I, i'm less uh, believing of that uh but uh i actually think the people who run israel uh, are well, they're not even Jewish. Uh, they're the Khazarians. Uh, they actually hate Jewish people. Uh, they actually, I think, want to sacrifice Israel here. This is what I think. I have no proof or evidence, or this is just my sense uh, that they're going, they're doing this so absolutely brutally, so that they have reason for the other countries to attack Israel and completely obliterate it, which. Hmm. You know, at this point, a lot of people would be like, good, uh, because it's so heinous what they did. But it's not the people for the most part. It's the government, right. of course, just like with 9-11 with the U.S., uh, which will bring in uh, basically a World War three type situation, which I think is what the globalists want, which will hide the coming financial and monetary system collapse, uh, okay. but basically bring us into a complete financial economic collapse and World War III uh, and massive depopulation by 2025. Uh yeah. is, in my opinion, what's going to happen next.
0: So you, so you definitely think that the actions of the extre- the religious Zionism party explicitly, but the extremists in the extreme government that is, in and of itself, Israel's government, are are doing this for the larger agenda of the globalist agenda, or that's how you see it? Because that's interesting. There's a lot of overlap to that, and I'm I'm so I'm so kind of in a way missing the forest for the trees because I'm kind of focusing on like I'm just trying to stop people from being murdered every day right now. how I would look at it, but you're right though. There's so many overlaps to this. So really quickly, then let's take it back to just the idea of why do you think that the Israeli government would want, or specifically the factions you're discussing, I just look at it as Zionism, but I I get, there's a lot of historical points to tie that into uh, why they would want to destroy Israel. Is it just for the globalist agenda? Is that how you see it? Or is there something more to that in your opinion?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, when you look at how Israel was founded, it was mm-hmm. founded by the Rothschilds, the the banksters, uh, who are not even really Jews. Actually, most people in Israel aren't even Jews. Uh, it's actually been, like it depends on how you talk about a Jew, if you talk about the religion or the, the sort of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's mostly a lot of them are actually from uh, Kazaria, which is actually from the Ukraine, which is where a lot of Jews are now moving, which is very interesting. Like, I don't know if they've got an inside tip. Uh, that uh they're going to wipe out Israel. Uh, that is all the biblical angles to it. Right. I think they're trying to you know reenact uh, you know some of this biblical stuff. Uh, you know i I really don't know I, I I don't know for sure at all if Israel will get wiped out, but I kind of sense that that's kind of the agenda here a little bit. It, hmm. It's one of the only things I can see that explains how they're so brutally like this is the most heinous thing like that we've ever seen in our lifetimes, I think. Uh, live streamed, uh, just yeah. twenty four hours a day for like a month now, or a month and a yeah. Not just live streamed.
0: Month. The wor- the part I have the worst part about the wor- the issue I have the worst, or what I, I despise the most of this is not just that it's being live streamed. That's that's enough. Like look at, let's watch genocide on you know all day long, but that they're not that they're saying this is okay the government. This is the right thing. It just, that I think is what's so jarring for the average person, you know, who the average person who doesn't really have stake in either game, but thinks they follow along with what they're supposed to, you know, and, and they look to the government and they say, no, this is the right thing. And then every human rights group and every international body is like genocide. Like, I, I think that's what's jarred them free from, from the control. Like right now, at least before they get pulled back into some new agenda, I think there's this moment where people are like, I mean, they see the face of Zionism, right? They see that the U S government and the rules based international order are nothing of what they pretend to be. You know, it's like this positive silver lining on this horrible thing. You know, I, I think that's very, I think it's important that people see that, you know, I, I what, to your point about Ukraine, that's fascinating to me. Uh, Vanessa Beely, if you're familiar with her work, she, she had made a similar point right when this started again, not that we can prove any of this, just a hypothesis based on, you know, kind of looking at information in regard to what's going on, where they're moving and and historical understandings of, of Zionism, Zionism's relation to Ukraine, that they argue that there might be at least a plan To potentially say, like, should this end up being a a situation where Israel needs to move that they're going to move to Ukraine, essentially. And it may sound crazy to the average person, and I'm not saying that we proved or even know that's going to happen. But what's interesting is the obvious overlap between Ukraine and rather specifically the Ukrainian government, the Azov movement and Israel. You know, the funding of the most obvious Nazi element that you can see in the world today, maybe besides the Zionist element that I think is very similar. You know, it's very interesting to me just to point that out. Do you have thoughts on that in regard to the moving potentially there? I know it's just super hypothetical, but it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. You know, I think uh it's a lot of stuff's all controlled by the same people. And so this Ukraine thing, you know, it's very interesting timing how this all happened. Mm-hmm. Uh Basically, if you remember, the Speaker of the House guy, I don't pay attention to the U.S. politics that much because it's all BS, of course. Yeah. But like I paid t- a little bit of attention. Uh They were just getting rid of that McCarthy guy. And he was the guy who was still working with like the Democrats to fund billions and billions and billions of dollars through their money laundering scheme and their, their child sex trafficking scheme in the Ukraine. Mm. Uh, and he got kicked out and it was actually a, pretty much like the next day. Uh, I could be off by a day or two, uh, that all of a sudden all this stuff happened. And, you know, when I look back at it, um, cause I think what might have happened is they realized that They're they're going to have their funding cut off to the Ukraine. So they needed a new sort of a war, a new thing to send money to, uh, stolen from people in the U.S., uh, routed through them, and they steal all the money, which is what they've been doing in Ukraine. And -hmm. I think they very hastily might have put together this this Faust flag in Israel. And that might explain why it's been so sloppy. Like, this has been very quite sloppy. 9-11 was sloppy, too. Uh, Like the plane in Shanksville, there's no plane there. Like that was very, very sloppy. Like at least, you know, put like some plane parts there or something. Uh, You know, the plane hit the pentagram, the Pentagon. It's like they, they came and took away all the cameras right away, but. Uh, you, know, a lot, you know, found a passport a few blocks away and that's how it proved uh, the hijackers, you know, like so they're, they're quite sloppy, but people are so if they put it on the television programming and now like the social media versions of that. Uh, most people are under hypnosis from it, and and mm-hmm. they know that. So they actually can be quite sloppy. But I I do wonder if they didn't hastily put this together after they realized that all their funding, uh, all the money they were stealing uh, through Ukraine was about to be cut off. If they didn't do this to start up a new area where they could start sending money. Uh, and, of course, as you know, Zelensky's like no one's even heard his name since this started. Uh, he just got completely like like that's it for him and now right. we're sending all our money and all of our arms all the military uh, contractors and blacks all this stuff uh to Israel uh and then at the same time uh they've been actually moving a lot, a lot of Jewish people have been moving to the Ukraine which is actually where Kazaria used to be so right. like this is what, at this point, I really don't know. Like, it gets really mm-hmm. confusing and complicated. You don't know who to trust or what information's true. Uh, but I do know that there was in the Ukraine there was uh, a mass. Uh, we said the Jewish holidays in uh, September. Uh, the the uh, I forget the names. Uh, Yom Kippur. No, what was it? Anyway, one of those holidays. And uh, there's like tens of thousands of Jewish people all with their like curly hair and their their mm-hmm. little hats and stuff, all just like partying in Ukraine of all places. You would think, what are these Jewish people moving to Ukraine? I thought it's a massive war zone. Right. Uh, so there's definitely some strange things going on uh, that I don't really understand or even uh, know, but I'm just paying attention to what's going on and noticing these things. And there's definitely something going on uh, and how it all works out. I don't know, but Uh, I think a a lot of this is meant to set up a sort of a world war three type situation and also to divide people worldwide.
0: Mm -hmm. We've
1: really seen that we're seeing people all over and, you know, people hating Muslims and people hating Jews and, uh, and all this stuff. And this is what they want. They just want total, uh, divide and conquer, and uh, and then it'll probably lead to more war. They probably want to actually. I'm actually predicting, just so you know, and I think your show's coming out, uh, this coming out on, on uh, November 23rd, I believe. Uh, we're uh, I'm predicting on November 23rd there could be a false flag attack again, uh, for a number of reasons I won't go into a lot of uh, hidden meanings and <laughs> and numbers and, and and numerology and geometry and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, that. There could be one on this day, on November 23rd. Uh, hmm. I'm predicting it, it might be in London or Tokyo uh, by the by the uh, terrorist chatter I'm picking up the, to mm-hmm. use their words, because they put all their little hidden secret meanings in, in plain sight. Like even before 9/11, there was all kinds of stuff in all kinds of media, predictive programming. Uh, so I'm picking up some stuff for November 23rd. But if, even if it doesn't have, happen on November 23rd, I kind of think they're going to do a major like a attack in a major, probably Western country, uh, to basically say it was Iran, uh, which they've mm-hmm. been trying to get into for a long time, uh, yeah. and start off basically a World War III, because of course, if they get into a major war with Iran, then it's going to bring in Russia and China and, you know, blow everything up and, and kind of basically... Uh, make people think that that's why all the, uh, the, the the fiat currency systems all collapsed, all the banks right. collapsed, all, everything uh, got wiped out is because of this war but it's actually because we're nearing the end of this monetary system which is actually all that I wrote about in my book there, The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. They, This has all been planned for a long time because we're at the end of this fiat currency system mm-hmm. there's just too much debt now so they're going to have to do something massive uh, to blame it on so no one realizes yet again it was the central bank and the governments and the people who control them.
0: Hmm. Very interesting, man. So th- it's that's kind of a perfect place to put an opinion for now. So, you, so to, to kind of summate, sum that up again. So you, 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 f- you definitely feel I, there's a lot of moving parts, and definitely we're talking about hypothesis here. So opinion, but so you feel that all of these moving parts in general are culminating to a larger degree to, I guess, a, a engineered collapse to justify the next step. As well as, and and that would involve some false flag actions and and war to kind of drive that. That's how you see the the steps going towards like the, the major globalization perspective.
1: Yeah, there's so many agendas, as you know, Agenda right. 2030. Um, and we saw with the COVID, the uh, there was no actual virus. <laughs> and uh, everyone locked down for like years. And uh, they're actually genociding people with the lethal injections now, the vaccines. Uh, so uh, depopulation is a big part of it. Uh, mm-hmm. They want to get it down to, you know, you know, Ted Turner says 500 million people. So uh, you have the Deagle uh, military people who do uh, forecasts. They say by 2025, the population of the U.S. will be under 100 million. Uh, UK, very similar. Most Western countries, very similar. They want to wipe out the West uh, and basically uh, put in their sort of new world order, mostly based out of China by the looks of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. So all of these things are all part of it, in my opinion, and none of them are by accident and they're all planned. Uh, and I think it's very clear that they're all planned, including the hur- the hurricane in Acapulco, which uh, just also happened to be one of the places where a lot of freedom lovers uh, are all uh, congregating. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it actually hit just so you know, the, the hurricane, the point of contact, Max Egan actually like looked at afterwards at all the maps and it actually the point of contact where it hit first was Max Egan's, Egan's house. Cause he lives in Acapulco and right That's behind it favorite. is where an is held. Uh, and, uh, you know, you know, I'm so done with coincidences at this point Uh, (laughs) and and knowing what we know about everything. uh, You know, this is a massive, massive depopulation. They want to basically kill or enslave everyone on earth and they're doing it and they've been doing it for decades, uh, but they're speeding it up right now because they're running out of time. In my opinion, people are starting to wake up. So Mm -hmm. we're reaching a very interesting point in time where enough people are waking up and they're starting to panic and really move forward on a lot of these things and try to wipe everyone out and enslave everyone, put in the smart cities, get them all chipped. Uh, Mark of the beast type stuff with Bill Gates, with his 666 patent. Uh, (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. Uh, And so, yeah, I don't know where it's going to go. I just know Mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's a lot of crazy things probably to come. And if you're not prepared, you should be getting prepared uh, in one way or another uh, and for, for anything uh, because anything's possible at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's those are wise words. No matter what's going on, always be prepared, and always to. It, it, it. I think people learn that <laughs> running to buy up all the toilet paper in the beginning of COVID, like you know, obviously, you know, all the people acting like being prepared was somehow conspiracy theory realized very quickly that that's something that they saw. You know, I, at this point, I think it's very obvious that there's any number of ways that our lives could get a little more difficult. But the point is, that's always. Potential, you know, but I, I appreciate your perspectives and all this. And always, you know, it, it's important that we question all this stuff, as you're saying with coincidences. Like, of course, things could just happen, but you know, there's too many overlaps to a lot of this stuff today. So I just hope people will stand back and consider some of these theories that may seem hard to prove and so on. But you know, think about some of the things we've talked about in history. You know, things like 9 11 when they were happening, it was the same way they were perceived then. Out outrageous! How dare you? We're insulted. You're racist. You're a, a I'm some, who was it? Somebody Assad puppet or whatever they called him during Syria. What was it? They guess, you know, whatever the, your Osama bin Laden, a sympathizer or whatever they're trying to say at that time, you know, so we're always getting these kind of pushback. So I just hope people as always will question everything and consider all these possibilities. So thank you for joining me today, Jeff. I really enjoy the conversation. Uh Before we go, any, anything you want to shout out upcoming events, new things you have coming up, I'll, I'll bring your website up on the screen and, and show them what the, your site and everything.
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you. So that's the Dollar mm-hmm. Vigilante. That's our newsletter. If you want to subscribe to that, uh, we've uh, been covering how to profit from all these things and, and uh, uh, basically uh, predicting a lot of these things and then profiting from them as anarcho dude do. Uh, you can also find our videos on vigilante.tv. Uh, we're banned everywhere. Of course, just like most people, I'm sure you are as well. Yeah. Uh, we're banned on YouTube. We're banned on FBI book. We're basically banned everywhere. So you can find us on vigilante.tv. Uh, then, of course, our event coming up in February, February 12th to 16th is in Arcapulco. You can go to com and i just want to make sure i throw in that if you'd like to donate uh for our recovery efforts in acapulco we can still use lots of donations we're helping build people rebuild their homes now a lot of people have their homes wiped out and you can go to HurricaneOtisRecovery.com. we'd appreciate anything you can you can do there uh we accept all kinds of crypto there in fact uh, the biggest uh t- donations have come through monero which is great uh right. which is a t- completely private cryptocurrency um so yeah those are the the main things uh to know about me. If you didn't know about me, I go for walks uh, often with my dog, Lucy, and we just talk about crazy stuff like this.
0: <laughs> nice. Well, it's, it's an honor to talk to you, Jeff, and um, hopefully we can connect in the future and you know talk about you know, maybe follow up in so many months and see what happens and, and retouch, retouch base. But uh, thank you for joining. And uh, as always, everybody out there, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.